Leaders come in all different shapes, sizes, and styles. There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Our goal is to connect with those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others, to learn about their unique style, and to provide our listeners with inspiration to lead. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in today to the Lead with Empower podcast. Uh, today's guest in September of 2020 will be entering his third season with the Green Bay Packers. He was an undrafted free agent signing in May of 2018. He's a graduate of Xavier High School, class of 2013. During his four years at Xavier High School, he's part of three state championship football teams. He spent three years at the University of Connecticut before transferring to Eastern Kentucky University, uh, had his redshirt transfer year, and then had one year on the active roster there at Eastern Kentucky. Very excited to have Mr. Tim Boyle on the Lead with Empower podcast. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how the heck are you? I'm great. That's a mouthful. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of practice, my friend. A lot of practice. <laughs> So we'll get right into it, Tim. I, you know, like I said, appreciate you joining us today. Uh, the NFL season for the Packers ended on a, on a rough January 19th against the 49ers. What mm -hmm. have you been up to uh, the past you know, couple months, give or take, prior to the whole COVID-19 situation? Yeah, so that's been, that's been hectic for sure. But um, right after the season, it's interesting. The NFL kind of just cuts you loose. And uh, whenever the season ends, um, you have until – the middle of April to kind of just do whatever you want to do, whether that be travel, um, you know, obviously spend time with family, you know, and take care of business from a, from a training standpoint. So um, whenever the season ended, I, I came uh, home for a little bit to spend some time with my immediate family. Um, but I actually ended up purchasing a, uh, an apartment for a few months in New York city. So the past few months I've been in New York city right on 42nd street uh, by times square. That was an, is an awesome location. Um, but I've been training in, uh, in Northern Jersey. So I had a, a 45 minute commute every day. Um, so I'd say, you know, two months, uh, was, was training, you know, five days a week and, you know, spending weekends in New York city and kind of exploring the city, which I, I love New York city. Um, but actually, you know, my, my big, my big, uh, purchase this off season was, uh, was my vacation with my sisters. We went to Thailand. Uh, so I went, I went to Thailand with my older, younger sister and a cousin, and it was an absolute blast. Uh, such a beautiful country, such a great culture. Um, got to spend some time with some elephants, which was cool. But um, it's been an interesting off season. It's been good just making sure I'm taking care of business from a, from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint. But ever since this whole uh, COVID-19 thing hit, uh, that kind of threw my, my training plans out the window, my living situation in New York City out the window. So uh, currently... Um, I'm spending a few weeks in, uh, in New Jersey right now to kind of quarantine myself yep. from my family, uh, returning from my Thailand trip. Um, but then I'm going to be back in, uh, the good state of Connecticut. So, uh, it'll, it'll be a fun little time to, to spend time with the family, but, um, it's been a good off season. It really has. No, that's great. And I'm sure, you know, the rest of the year has got to be a whirlwind, a, a hectic time. So having some time to, to reconnect with family and some, with some quality time has got to be great. No doubt from April to whenever the season ends, you know, you have a, you have a few, a few weeks off here and there, but it's a grind, you know, from my first year to my second year, it was a big adjustment. Just being the third strength, the backup, you know, a whole nother, um, a whole nother 
realm of responsibilities that, um, you know, I, I wasn't used to from my rookie year. So it's definitely busy. It's nonstop. You know, you're, you're playing a 17 week season, so it's, uh, it's challenging, but that's why the, uh, the ex, the, uh, the off season is so critical to kind of, you know, step away and, and clear your mind and make sure you're good to go and you come back in April. Great. Great. Um, the trip to Thailand, uh, you mentioned elephants. Uh, how long were you there for? And if you had to pick one, like highlight of the trip, what would you say? Yeah, we were there for 10 days. Uh, okay. We went to, uh, we went to Bangkok, we went to Chiang Mai, and then we went to, uh, we went south to Krabi. Um, and that's more of the tropical island, you know, blue water vibe. So um, I'd say the highlight was definitely the elephants. And, and we went to Thailand at such an interesting time because it was just the beginning of this whole COVID-19. So no one was traveling. Um, there were no tourists there. So we got to spend the day with four elephants and there were only four of us. So we pretty much had our own elephant to ourselves. And, you know, you got to feed it, you got to bathe it, um, you know, make its medicine and, and, you know, just kind of get a feel for them and come to find out they're, you know, beautiful personality driven creatures that they're not just, you know, big blobs of meat walking around. They have, <laughs> they have personalities and they listen, like they take, it's, it's incredible. It really is. Um, but that was definitely, that was definitely a, a, a cool, a cool moment in the trip. But other than that, it was nice to, it was nice to see the rock formations in uh, in the in the south of Thailand and Krabi. Um, they're just you know it's be- blue water is beautiful, and all of a sudden there's you know a 120 foot you know rock formation just spewing out of the water, and it's just incredible. It's not something we see in the states very often. So it's just like I said, it's a beautiful country, beautiful culture. The people are wonderful. So it was definitely a cool experience and great great vacation. That's great. I'm glad you were able to take that time and especially, you know, get out of there and, you know, before it got too crazy here, which it's, you know, big change up uh, for everybody uh, across all walks of life. You mentioned earlier that, you know, living in the city was, you know, planning on training in Northern Jersey. How hard has it been to maintain the the mental training, the physical training that, you know, that you want to be doing and, and, you know, obviously, there's been some adjustments to that. How hard has it been to keep up with that and to try to stay on track? Yeah. Um, and you have a goal going into your offseason and what, what you want it to look like and what, what goals you want to achieve. You know, I think the physical aspect of it, of just getting up every day at a certain time and, you know, driving the 45 minutes is the hard part. Um, I say, I'd say I'm motivated enough to want to do it five days a week and I want to get better, uh, especially at this point in my career. I'm not, yep. you know, I, I'm not complacent with, with my job. It, it's it's challenging at times because things start to get redundant and you get into a routine and you know routines can be great but it's also how you kind of get stuck at some points right so um obviously living in the city was fun you know that's that's never the same night or the same day no. twice <laughs> um but yeah going to going to jersey and training and taking care of my business was was priority one for me um i've told my family and friends that that this is going to be a critical off season for me um you know going into year three of the nfl is you know where guys make it or break it so yep critical offseason still is technically the NFL is, you know, in quotations canceled right now. The only thing happening yep. is, 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 is the draft, but we're not reporting in mid April. So we're kind of just, you know, in limbo right now waiting for, for a word. Um, but yeah, training is going to be critical and making sure the mental side of it is huge too. And, and I've started to dive into some personal beneficiary, um, you know, podcasts and some books. Yep. I'm in the, I'm in the middle of a, a good book right now called the four agreements. Um, and it's just all about your mind and how, you know, everything is connected and that, you know, the positivity of, of connection and, you know, the human light and just being able to see things for what they are and just 
Um, I think that's, that's big for me right now. I'm in a stage in my life where I'm kind of formulating my own hypothesis, my own morals and values and foundation of what I want to be. So uh, staying on top of my, my mental development is, is critical for me right, right now. Uh, it's been a common theme with a lot of the people that I've talked to. It's been, you know, hey, let, let's take a step back and let's do some self-development, some self-improvement and, and no focus on, it's not selfish, focus on our own development when normally mm-hmm. there's a million things going on and we don't get to do yeah. that. Your family, I, you know, I, I've met your mom a, hand, a bunch of times locally mm-hmm. here and, and I know your family's very supportive. They travel quite a bit and they, they've mm-hmm. always been, you know, from the Xavier days and probably before that. It, has that been a Is everybody healthy, I guess, first off? And, yes. Yeah, okay, yes. great. Everyone's um, healthy. And then a challenge not being able to see them as much as usual or? Yeah. Uh, and that, that's been an, that's been an adjustment that I've unfortunately gotten used to even in the college days, just because it's such a demanding sport, uh, not able, not only football, but just athletics. Yeah. And it's not even athletics, but it's just when you have a job away from your family and you have, you know, such a demanding job, it's challenging, but you know, you're, that's why you do it. You know, if it was easy, everyone would do it, you know, and it's, you make sure that your priorities are in a line and my family always comes first, no matter what. And like you said, they've been supportive all the way since I was in youth football. They went yep. to every single, every single game. Um, obviously Xavier was a, was a fun time with those, that three P there. And then UConn, you know, you know, had some struggles there, but they were with me every step of the way and they were supporting me. And then, like I said, went down to EKU and that's kind of when I really separated from my family, unfortunately was yep. um, physically being away from them and being, you know, 700 miles away. So, uh, the past, you know, five years, I've, I've unfortunately physically been away from my family. So that's been an adjustment. Um, but it's something I can handle and that we've been handling well. And, but yeah, right now it's good to kind of get some, some personal one-on-one time with my dad and mom and, and go on vacations and be, you know, quarantined in a house right now with my two sisters. And it's been good to kind of, you know, form, you know, re reformulate those, those bonds and that friendship that I technically, you know, missed you know for you know i haven't been with my family the past you know five easters which is yep. incredible yep. um and all, all of a sudden i get to you know sit and have an easter meal with my family and it's going to be refreshing that's great good for you i'm glad i'm so glad to hear everybody's healthy quite a journey from durham middletown uh staying in connecticut and then you know bouncing around a little bit so tell uh just give our, our listeners a little insight into you know kind of the personal journey from you know kind of high school athlete you know, moving through the ranks and then, you know, finding yourself obviously with the Green Bay Packers right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I started off in high school. So, uh, had the pleasure of, of working with your brother <laughs> freshman year, Gregory, and, uh, having a really fun year freshman year. And, you know, I always knew that I was talented. I had a strong arm, but I didn't know I was going to be, you know, as talented as I, as I was in high school, but, you know, fast forward a few years and we're doing well and I'm, I'm surrounded by a great coach and Sean Marin and, yeah, absolutely. Amazing players. Uh, the list goes on and on of the players that I, I was with from my sophomore year all the way to my senior year. Um, you know, it's one of those, you know, by no means was that, that just all me. I mean, I, if I didn't have 90% of those guys in the team that, that co those coaches, I would not have, have won any games. So you fast forward into high school and, you know, you start to gain some momentum with colleges and recruitment and you kind of start feeling yourself a little bit and, the, you know, good vibes and, <laughs> yeah, you start winning, winning ball games and it's, everything is good. Right. So, you know, you're kind of the man in high school, you know, everyone knows who you are locally and it's, it's fun. You know, you're, you're still humble and it's, it's still all good, but you know, you're feeling good because you're winning games, championships and uh, a good group of friends. You know, Xavier was, you know, the best time of my life. 
but then you go to, uh, then you, you know, committed to BC was super happy about, you know, going to BC and then things fell through there, you know, with coaching changes and, uh, ended up going to UConn. So stay in state, you know, freshman year, I, I play four games and I really struggled, you know, through a lot of interceptions. Was I ready? Uh, part of me says yes. Part of me says no. I wish yeah. I could have developed a little bit more, but you know, the competitor in me wanted to play, of course. um, but learn some very valuable lessons along the way. And, you know, freshman year was hard for me, you know, getting threats and um, not that the UConn fan base is, in, you know, overbearing, but there's definitely passionate fans and they want to win. So, yeah, freshman year was a, was a big struggle. So, I mean, you think about my career in high school, I'm, you know, I'm trending upward and all of a sudden I, I fall flat on my face as a freshman in UConn and it's, it's humbling. And I, I had to go back to my support system with my family and my friends and kind of um, re-engage with my work ethic and how I approach things. Um, so sophomore year, you know, kind of built up, you know, some more momentum, I, I'd say, you know, was the backup and, you know, third string and I started. So it was kind of a wishy-washy year for me, my sophomore year. And then junior year, I'm the backup all year. And then we play Houston and the starter goes down, unfortunately. And I came in and did well enough and we beat Houston, which was a, was the high point of my UConn career. It was a big win. That, yep. was, that was, that was a big win. That'll be with me forever. But you know, whenever I think of UConn from a football standpoint, I always struggled. Um, and whether that is on me being ready or taking accountability for the fact that I didn't prepare well enough, um, that's something that kind of has always stick with me. But I haven't let my experience at UConn affect me in a negative way. I, I rekindled a relationship with my friends and family from a, um, you know, you find out who your friends are when you're really struggling. And yep, that's uh, right. And my family was with me every step of the way. They were, you know, I had bad days, you know, and where I hated football and I had great <laughs> days where football is my best friend. And that's just kind of how sports are. I feel like that's just how life is sometimes. And, uh, you know, my family was, was with me 100% of the way. And uh, without them, I don't know where I'd be right now. But um, so UConn was kind of that, that struggle for me. Kind of gave me a re, you know, I had to reevaluate what I was doing, you know, from a mental standpoint, a physical standpoint. So ended up transferring from UConn, going to Eastern Kentucky. For transfer rules, I had to sit out as a, as a true senior, which was very interesting because most guys tran transfer – not even transfer, but most guys redshirt as a freshman. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm redshirting as a 22-year-old or 21-year-old, uh, which was cool because I got to kind of, you know, be the older, you know, veteran guy and kind of, you know, take a step back and understand what was going on. Um, but then I played my fifth year, did average, you know, had an okay year, nothing, nothing incredible. But right after my fifth year, I started training for my pro day. Uh, down in Washington, D.C. Yeah. at the Sport and Speed Institute. And uh, Justin Kavanaugh was the uh, trainer down there. He got me He got me right. He did a really good job. So I killed my pro day, uh, threw the ball really well. And uh, the Packers, you know, took a chance on me and uh, picked me up uh, as an undrafted free agent. And, uh, you know, most guys would tell you that I'd be, in quotations, a camp arm. So, yeah. you know, they bring in a fourth quarterback to kind of just throw to receivers and they're not really giving me a fair shake. And I told myself, you know, if I ever got into an NFL camp, it's up to me at that point. You know, no one's judging you based off of past numbers or interceptions or touchdowns you've thrown. I mean, it's zero zero at that point. So yep. um, I had a really good camp. I had a really good preseason. And uh, fortunately, they took a chance on me and, and kept me on the 53 man roster, which was incredible. I mean, that was a dream come true. <laughs> um, but then, you know, so you think about it, right? High school, you're out, you're trending upward. And then UConn, you hit a little bit of a, a downhill slope and, you plateau a little bit and, you know, EKU, I kind of found my bearings again. And all of a sudden I'm on the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers and 
you know, that obviously increases your confidence, you know, a hundredfold. And, uh, and then going into year two was, all right, I mean, I, I made the team, uh, let's take the next step. You know, what's the next step for me is to become the backup. So, yep. um, last off season was critical as well and, uh, took a big step, had a, another good off season and, and training camp and, uh, worked my way up to the backup. So, uh, right now it's a matter of, uh, of maintaining my job because as realistic as I am, uh, Aaron Rodgers is in front of me and I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers job anytime soon as much as assessment and that's not you know, a knock to me, yeah. but it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's a hall of famer. He's won a super bowl. I mean, I'm around him every day. I know his strengths and his weaknesses and he's, he's on top of his game right now. So uh, my job right now is to close that gap between how amazing he is. And if I were to step into a game, to try to perform uh, as well as he can. So that's my job right now. And obviously it's, you know, to remain a backup. So that's why it's such a critical year for me because the NFL is such a pr- production based industry. You know, you have a couple of bad weeks and they're looking for a guy to replace you. So I got to be on my game 24 seven. And, you know, I know they're going to bring in another quarterback. It's just how it is every year. So um, it's going to be another dogfight this year. Yep. That's right. And that's the right mentality to have is it's in, not resting on any sort of laurels and, and grind it out yep. and be the no best doubt. Tim Boyle that you can be. Uh, no and what, what a better guy to, I think, to learn from. And I know that's not necessarily his job, but he was in a, a situation early in his career sitting behind a, a, mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer. And, you know, so I think it's a, it's a great opportunity, obviously. So it really is. So I was, I was thumbing through Twitter today and I my brother started a throwback Thursday uh, <laughs> everybody's yep. trying new things now on, on the old digital yep. universe and I uh, saw that one okay yeah I saw the Boyle to Sullivan touchdown oh, yeah. pass <laughs> that'll that'll be one that stays with me forever that that's was right the, uh, yep uh, my senior year <laughs> championship game 94 yards to my it was still one of my best friends James Sullivan um, and it got it got me thinking as you know I was getting ready for the conversation um you talked about some of the struggles and the the thing with BC and the staff change and, you know, a, a change up, a speed bump, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. some of the challenges at UConn, was there something, a specific experience or set of experiences from your time in high school that prepared you, whether it was physically or mentally to, yeah, a lot of people face that challenge and say, yep. you know, F it, I'm done. You know, you sustained. Um, was there yep. something from high school that prepared you for the curveball? Um, I, I think the big thing that stands out with high school is that I learned how to win. And there was such, you know, we walked onto the field at Xavier and the other team. It, I, we felt from, you know, a, our standpoint that we were just going to knock the ever living crap out of you guys. Yep. It was just, a, it was a mindset. We knew we prepared. We knew we had the bodies. We had the scheme, the coaches, the players. It was just a matter of going out there and doing it now. So um, I learned how to win. And I learned how to, from a personal standpoint, it was all about, because in high school, it wasn't like I was the guy. And then I spent yep. time with, with, you know, Pat D'Amato for two years. So that was, you know, not a struggle, but a, a, a learning curve for sure. Because, you know, you're, you want to be the guy and all of a sudden you throw an interception and then Pat goes in the game for yep. a few series and, you know, you start losing confidence a little bit. But um, that, was, that was definitely a, a cool moment was being able to split time with Pat just because we, there was no animosity. It was all, it was all good energy, good vibes. And he wanted, he wanted me to do well. I wanted him to do well. Um, so that was kind of, I learned how to be a competitor. I learned how to be a winner at Xavier. 
and uh, that stuck with me and it, it still it still it's with me right now i mean it, it it's carried all the way into my to my professional career but yeah i mean when you when you win ball games like that and you only lose one game in high school which which we were fortunate to do you know you walk around and you're like all right we we got something good going on here you know you you start building some confidence and you know my senior year when i was the guy and i was the only quarterback that's when you when you finally find out all right i have the talent i can do this i'm I'm a division one quarterback. I have the ability. Now it's just a matter of being consistent and making sure you're locked in week in and week out. Yep. That's right. Great answer. And you mentioned a couple words in there and, you know, learn how to win and you, you can't learn how to win without the right preparation, which I yep. know you guys got at Xavier from, you know, For coach sure. Meriden um, and the staff. And, and also that attitude of what I rather be starting as a junior, probably, but if it's best for the team to, to, to be in this role as a dual quarterback situation, mm -hmm. then let's do it to the best of my damn ability. And it's going to make us better as a unit. And those, you don't learn how Agreed. to win without doing those two things for sure. Agreed. And that was, that was a cool moment for me was, was just being a sophomore and having to fight for a job because Pat was going to be the guy and I had to fight to go play. And, you know, fortunately I did well enough where, you know, coach Bischoff uh, <laughs> back in the day saw enough in me to want to play me enough. But like I said, there was never an, ever animosity between Pat and I, um, it was all, you know, it was all good energy. It was, we wanted to win. We wanted to succeed. It wasn't a matter of who threw the touchdown, who ran the touchdown. We just wanted to go win a state championship. And I think the perfect example of that was my junior year, Pat, it was a third down. I want to say Pat ran for like a 70 yard run, um, in the state championship game and it got called back and he was gassed because he ran 70 yards. So they threw me in the game for one play. And that's when I threw a bomb to Joe Vaughn for a touchdown. <laughs> so it's just, you, you think about it and it's, you know, you build on top of each other. And I think we did a good job of doing that, but, but by no means was it easy to kind of, cause you want to be the guy. I mean, quarterbacks you know, are supposed to be the alpha and they're supposed to be a, one guy. So, you know, balancing that power was interesting, but it taught me a lot about myself and how to, you know, how to prepare because you have to, you have to anticipate like you're going to play the whole game. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that the, like I said, the number one thing that stands out for me is you learn how to win and you learn, um, you learn in the one loss against hand and it still, it still doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me, but, <laughs> um, you, ha you have to handle those with grace as well. And, uh, you have to give, you know, credit to, to the enemy, you know, the other team, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you win gracefully and you lose gracefully. And, uh, you know, I think my parents instilled that in me at a young age and, you know, being classy about it and making sure that nothing changes week in and week out, whether you're a winner or a loser, you approach every week the same. Great. Awesome answer. So you had a route that, you know, and I don't know any specific statistics about this, but you hear about the guy oh, played, you know, three-year starter at Alabama. Yep. They're, you know, they're, they know where they're going next, um, yep. you know, whatever it might be. You had an interesting route at the college level. When did you first realized that you know the possibility the, the possibility of NFL is is legit when did you have that moment yeah so I think my my freshman year at UConn my quarterback coach Shane Day he was you know one of the best quarterback coaches I've had to date uh, he's actually the quarterback coach for the 49ers right now okay and he previously before coming to UConn he was with the Bears with Jay Cutler so he was straight out of an NFL system he coached me like an NFL quarterback and I was able to have those conversations. I was able to do those drills and kind of handle 
what he was throwing at me. So at that point, I kind of was like, all right, if, if I can piece this thing together and I can do well enough, I think I've got a shot. But in college, you're not really thinking about that. As much as, unfortunately, college football is really a tryout for the NFL, um, you, you don't really think about it while you're in it just because you're so, you know, immersed in the culture of, you know, you're trying to, trying to win, you're trying to win games, you know, you're not really thinking about, you know, let's four or five years from now, let's go play in the NFL. Um, but I, I always, like I said, I always knew I had the talent from an arm, an arm strength standpoint, you know, I was always accurate enough. I have a big body. So I knew I, I had the measurables, but at that point, it's just, you know, and that's the, the big word is, is potential. You know, I have yeah. the potential. But, you know, like everyone knows, potential can, can go one of two ways. And uh, it looked like it was going the wrong way for, for some years. And, and it was definitely difficult for me at, at points. But like I said, I, I kind of checked myself and uh, had a great foundation with my family and friends and picked myself back up and got back after it. So it's incredible, genuinely, when I look back at my career and I see where I am now and I see the success that I'm having now. I would not be able to do it without my family. And my family is my number one supporter. They, they always have been, always will be. But just having that unconditional love and support from them has been so instrumental in my life. That's great. And again, as, as you're talking, it's, you mentioned, you know, talent and this, uh, the potential and potential is not realized just because you decide one day. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of the body and the arm. It's, yep. it's years of work and it's years of falling on your face and freaking getting back up. And um, yep. you know, you're there for a reason beyond, you know, your size and your arm for sure. So you sign as an undrafted free agent. Was there a, like an all shit moment? Like this, is, this is it. Like, and what was it if there was? <laughs> yeah. So my, so my moment. So, uh, I had both my, I did EKU's pro day and then I did Yale's pro day. Yeah. And while I was at Yale's pro day, the Packers scout told me that they were, uh, they were going to bring me out to green Bay for a top 30 visit. So every single team, in the NFL has 30, 30 visits where they can bring guys into the facility and kind of get to know them. So I was like, Hmm, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so when I was there, um, you know, little innocent Tim Boyle walking around the locker room trying to, you know, find my way around. And here comes Aaron Rodgers and all the quarterbacks from a quarterback meeting. I'm just sitting there like, you know, mouth open, um, you know, because I, I remember, you know, watching Aaron Rodgers when I was, you know, 12 years old. And this dude's right here in front of my face. And it's, you know, that was that was a cool moment. Um, but I didn't at that point didn't know I was going to be with the Packers. Yep. Um, the last day of the draft when I signed with them and I kind of, you know, committed to being an undrafted free agent was the car ride home for me was, was super special. Um, just kind of, you know, taking a step back and realized that I achieved something that a lot of people will never get to achieve and that, you know, you have to take, you know, you gotta be proud of yourself. Um, yes. But that, but that lasted for me all of 15 minutes of a car ride home. And then it's, well, what do I have to do to maintain, ma maintain that job? And, at that point, like I said, everyone kind of wrote me off to be a camp arm. So I went into the, to the building when I got to green Bay and I was like, I got to earn my spot here. I mean, it's not going to be easy. I have Deshaun Kaiser and Brett Hudley in front of me, two great quarterbacks, you know, draft picks and I'm not a draft pick and I have to go, you know, in theory, beat one out. Those moments were cool, but I think the coolest moment was on cut day, my rookie year. It's interesting on cut day. <laughs> if you, if you get a phone call, it's bad news. You know, yes. they tell you to bring your iPad in. So you're waiting, it's one day and you're waiting around for a phone call. So if you don't get a phone call, it's good news. Yeah. So I, so you're waiting around until, you know, the cut deadline, which 
central time is 3 p.m. Okay. 4 p.m. Eastern time. And I didn't get a phone call. My agent calls me and say, yeah, you made the 53 man roster. And I'm by myself in a hotel room. Cause you know, I don't know if I'm going to make the team or not. And I, you know, hung up the phone with him and, you know, kind of had a little moment of, I mean, this has been a childhood dream of mine since I was, you know, as little as I can remember. I mean, people yep. ask me, but what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to play in the NFL. And it sounded, <laughs> it sounded crazy coming out of my mouth, but you know, now I get to tell those people, you know, I, I did it. Talent is obviously uh, going to the no brainer answer, but the biggest, the biggest difference between like competitive high school and then college, and then the jump from the, the college ranks to the NFL throwing talent aside because you know the guys on NFL rosters are are gifted and, and the general public mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't do that type of stuff. What, what what was the biggest jump high school to college and then college to the NFL? Yeah, I think um, high school to college is knowledge of the game. In in high school it's very simplistic and in college things start getting um, definitely more intricate and in it's scheme and it's everything is organized and detailed not that high school isn't, but everything is, is scripted for certain moments. You know, you, you want a certain play for a certain defense where in high school you just ran a play and against their defense and you, you saw what happened. Yeah. Um, so I think from a, from a, yeah, high school to college was definitely like a mental, you know, conceptual football standpoint. I think college to the NFL is all about consistency. Yeah. You have to be so consistent day in and day out. You have to do everything spot on, at all moments, especially guys with me who are, you know, considered on the fence guys, you know, I'm yep. not making millions of dollars every year. I can get cut, you know, right now I have my phone right next to me right now and I can get a phone call saying that I got cut or traded and I can't do anything about it. We'll um, end the, we'll end. Do you want to end the interview or keep it going? <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it going. <laughs> my man. <laughs> it's uh, it's just interesting. Cause you have to be on your, on your a game 24 seven, you have to show up early to everything. You have to be on top of your A game at all points. And that has taught me a lot the past couple of years of just making sure that I need, I need to be doing everything I can to make this team because the reality of the NFL is that every week we bring in, you know, 10 to 12 guys to try to take guys' jobs. I mean, yeah. we have tryout guys in our building every week and the, and, the, and the personnel guys are trying to determine are those guys better than our guys. So, you know, you have to be sharp, you have to be on time, you have to be, you know, doing your things, you know, you know, taking care of business from, you know, a football standpoint, you have to be in the community giving back. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a well-rounded, uh, well-oiled machine that you have to be at all times. Yep. Committed to it a hundred percent. And yep. I think what you just touched on is, is a valuable bit of information for, you know, high school athletes aspiring to play at the next level is, not anybody can do it once, but a lot of people can do it once. Um, it's, it's the guy that can do it time and time again um, that, you know, will separate the high school mm-hmm. from the college athlete, the college from the NFL athlete. No doubt. What's the, what's the craziest quarterback drill at any level that you've participated yep. in? <laughs> um, so we have, we have a good one. I think with, with the Packers this past year, we have our offensive coordinator, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. So I actually got to know coach Hackett when I was in high school, he was at Syracuse. He recruited me at Syracuse. Okay. So fast forward a few years and now we're together in green Bay and he's the offensive coordinator. Uh, he's just a super energetic spunky dude, but he's got some, you know, some cool quarterback drills where, you, you know, you take a drop and he's just absolutely hurling bags at you and, 
you have to do whatever you can to, to get out of the way, you know, jump, skip, you know, shove into it. It just, it's a fun <laughs> drill because as, as fun as it is, it's realistic. You know, it, everything yeah. happens so fast and you have to be able to, to put your body in weird positions um, at weird times. And, you know, nothing's really scripted in the NFL. Everything's, you know, majority of the time is, is off script and it's, you know, how can you adjust as fast as you can and put your body in a position to throw? So I think that's, I think that's probably the, the, the fun one that sticks out. I think. Yeah. yeah I think so. Do you do other, I've seen videos of like training camp where they'll have like a lineman catch a, a sky high punt. punt yeah. Do other, do other position guys get to do that drill at your expense? We, we don't. So, so, <laughs> The Packers actually, we, we're a fun team. Like we, we like having fun. We have a young staff, so it's, it's energetic. But you see more of that stuff in college, I think. I mean, yeah. I, I can only speak for the Packers. Um, but I remember, you know, offensive linemen at UConn catching punts and kickoffs and, you know, all the teammates were getting into it. But uh, not, a, not a whole lot of that with the Packers. Um, you know, I think the, the, the coolest thing we did is uh, pat and go. So the quarterbacks are throwing the receivers and running backs and tight ends. And every, every now and again, the uh, – the offensive line will jump in and you kind of, you know, you, you float some up for them so they can catch it easier. Or, you know, you throw a steamer at them to see if they can catch it, if they can <laughs> handle it. So as a quarterback, you can kind of have some fun with them, some of those guys at, at points. Who's the, who's the O-lineman right now with the best set of mitts? There's got to be one guy that, that's got a yeah, set of gloves on him. There, yeah, there's a guy who stands out. His name's Alex Light. He came in with me. He's actually an undrafted free agent in my oh, wow. class. Um, you know, size 18 feet, you know, 6'5". Oh just absolute mitts for hands and he's got he's got soft hands he's uh he can catch for sure so that's the guy you could buzz buzz one in there on him and he's got you covered for, oh <laughs> he will catch it 10 times out of 10 reliable target i like it yeah. <laughs> um you obviously you know my my brother greg coached you uh you know from your freshman year i think uh yep. on the staff oh, yeah. at xavier uh, through yep. it and i know you maintain a connection to xavier whether that be you know, hopping on the phone with some of the, the current QBs and you, and you run a, a summer uh, quarterback wide receiver camp there. Yep. Um, what, what is it about Xavier that has motivated you to maintain that connection? That's a great question. Um, it's funny. Whenever I think of Xavier, I, I just, I, you know, a smile comes to my face. I just, I, I had such a great time there um, from the staff you know, the people there, you know, and some people might have different opinions, but, you know, my, my, my time at Xavier was nothing but amazing. Um, you think about just the people, the community. I love the fact that it's all men and it's all boys and it's, it's that community. It's that close knit um, feeling. But I think, I think what I love about Xavier is, is the people that I met there yeah. and my best friends even today are my high school buddies uh, who I met at Xavier, who I met on, you know, day two of spring, workouts um, yep. when I was a freshman you know we just graduated eighth grade and uh, you know we're all kind of coming together from different towns in Connecticut and we're mingling and we're you know growing those relationships and now you know my best friends even to this day are, are guys from Xavier uh, every time I go back home I stop in and I you know go see the uh, the two ladies in the front office they're you know sweethearts and you know your brother is always awesome you know just being able to talk with him and not even just talk about football just you know he's he's turned into a, a brotherly figure for me which has been refreshing but I just go back to my time there and it was just such a yeah you have you know rough times with school and you know with tests and grades and that kind of stuff but you know the people I met there and the relationships I formed there will be with me forever and that's that's so critical for me right now 
and that's why Xavier always holds a special place in my heart. And uh, you mentioned Greg kind of being a uh, somewhat of a bro. I'm glad you didn't adopt the hairline. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. You still got Thank a full God. flow going up there, which is Thank a good God. thing. Cause... <laughs> got that from my dad. Thank God. But hey, he's still got a few years left. He's got to he's got to milk it for what it's worth. I told him to get rid of it. Uh, we'll see what happens it'll be an interesting couple of years that's right that's right um growing up as a kid what uh what team did you root for did you have a favorite player growing up as a like, i'm a giants yeah. guy i grew i love phil sims you know throwing yeah. in the the windy meadowlands yeah. um who was that who was that team who was that guy for you yeah so obviously being connecticut you you're torn you know, <laughs> you know it's it's giants patriots and you get those occasional you know weird jet fans the right? rogue yeah yeah um but my, my mom and her whole family is from Massachusetts. So I was, uh, I was raised a Patriots fan and, you know, what better guy to look up to than Tom Brady. Um, you know, you think about when I was hitting my, uh, you know, physical peak from, you know, a football player, not peak, but, you know, I'm starting to become conscious and I can understand what's going on in, in football. Yeah. Um, you have Tom Brady right there winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Um, so he's kind of been, you know, my role model when I was younger of kind of how to play quarterback and just what it looks like, even from a leadership standpoint, I mean, he is so competitive at all points. And he, now he's what, 41, 42. Yeah. And he, and he, he wants to win a Super Bowl with another team. I mean, just how incredible his story has been. The fact that he wasn't super, super highly recruited. You know, he was a sixth round guy snuck into a game because Drew Bledsoe got hurt and you know, the rest is history. Yep. Yeah, talk about taking grasp of an opportunity because Drew Bledsoe was, you know, maybe not at the prime prime of his career, but, you know, the great NFL quarterback and just For got sure obli obliterated in a Jets game. I, I remember yep. that, you know, as, mm -hmm. as a kid watching it and, who you know, who's this guy coming in? And, you know, the only blemishes on his – well, until the Eagles ruined it, but I, I, the Giants, uh, you know, had the Giants. I know, two blemishes, you know. <laughs> Gro growing, up, growing up, I hated the Giants because you guys got us twice. And that helmet I, catch was something else. Oh, it was ridiculous. The um the school, I think there's a school in Durham that's like directly in between Foxborough yeah. and, and the Meadowlands. There right is, down the yeah. road. So yeah. I, I, I remember being a kid and, you know, when the Giants and the Patriots played in the Super Bowls, you know, there would always be news stations there kind of, you know, this is the yep. middle point between both stadiums. <laughs> and I was always, you know, just being a local kid, I'd always go there, you know, wear my, my youth jersey and try to, you know, throw the ball on camera and stuff like that. That's but, right. You know, I have good memories of, uh, of those Super Bowls, but I mean, genuinely what a, what a guy to look up to in an age where I was, you know, needed a, you know, a football role model. Yep. And Tom Brady was, you know, two hours up the road and uh, my uncle owned a box at Gillette. So I'd go see a game every year and kind of try to not mold my game around him, but take what I liked that he did and kind of incorporate it. But, you know, you always want to be your own person and have your own stamp on things. But um, like I said, what better guy to look up to and have around, you know, the corner than Tom Brady. Were you surprised um, that it, that he's moving on from new England uh, as a, as a, I guess, a, you know, someone in the same league. And then as a fan, is that something that. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it was interesting because, and he talked about it in an interview with, with Howard Stern, I believe. Just recently, uh, yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't really care about his – not a, he doesn't care about legacy. He doesn't – and that's what, that's what interests me right now is that I thought he would of being with the Patriots his whole career and kind of leaving that legacy. Um, but he just wants to win, man. He that's just, right. and, and that's what's so incredible about him is his competitive spirit is through the roof. And uh, it's contagious. 
And uh, yeah, it's definitely weird seeing him in New Jersey for sure. Uh, being a Patriots, you know, an ex-Patriots fan, I wouldn't consider myself a Patriots fan now. Oh boy, good um, answer. Go, go Pat, go. But uh, yeah, it's it's the the interesting part now is that he's in the NFC. So yep. uh, I always viewed the Patriots and Tom Brady as a as an obstacle to get what I really wanted, which is a Super Bowl. Yep. And now he's on our side of the com- of the division. So uh, I think we actually play them next year, which will be fun. We play the Bucks in Tampa. Nice. Uh, so that'll be another uh, another fun game. Got to hydrate for that one. Hot down there. It will be. It's, uh, <laughs> I actually played in Raymond James Stadium when I played at UConn because okay. uh, South South Florida plays there, and boy is it hot. Yeah, I got a. <laughs> it's a different ball game down there. That's right. That's right. Lambo is obviously historic, um, and you know to call that a, a home for the past couple of years has to be unbelievable. Um, in your your couple of years in the in the league, has there been a, a stadium beyond land? We're going to take that out of the equation because that's a no yeah. brainer that yeah. you you arrive to and you're like, damn, yeah, this is this is unbelievable. It's not what it looks yeah. like on TV. Yeah, um, I do need to start by saying that Lambo, it really is incredible. And that whoever listens to this, I mean, if you guys have an opportunity to go to Lambo, I mean, it is so much history, tradition. I mean, it is beautiful. Everything is just pristine. I mean, if you guys have a chance to go out there, it really is something special. But I think the next one that comes to mind, I have two. The Cowboy Stadium this year was incredible. I mean, Jerry's World is just over the top obnoxious, just huge. And, you know, the, the TV screens there are the size of a, a basketball court, if you can just imagine that. Um, it's just incredible. Cool atmosphere, um, loud. So that one stands out. And I think Seattle. We played Seattle my rookie year on a Thursday night game. So it was a night game and we wore all white. So, you know, we were feeling cool. We were wearing all white with the Packers. We don't really do that that often. Um, but that was a cool one just because of the whole, you know, super loud. I mean, just yeah. absolutely. You can't hear yourself think. And then uh, come to think of it, you know, playing at Gillette my rookie year was really cool. Just, you know, obviously being there and watching so many games there. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm there in the stadium and yep. um, I'm on the team playing against Tom Brady. And it, that, that was kind of a cool moment of, um, you know, being on the field and warming up and, you know, 20 feet away from me is Tom Brady throwing the ball, getting ready for a game. I mean, I remember being a little kid and watching him, you know, you know, and now all of a sudden I'm a 23 year old male and it's, I'm watching him right here and I'm playing against them, you know, not physically, unfortunately, but um, that was definitely a cool moment. So I say those three definitely stand out. Um, did Seattle wear the, the highlighters? They did not. No, right. they didn't, Thank which God. was interesting. I know that would have been a fun one. <laughs> well, <laughs> What, uh, what about ho- most hostile environment? Most hostile environment. That's a good question. What stands out genuinely uh, <laughs> is in college, when we played down in Central Florida, Central Florida's fan base is brutal. <laughs> I mean, absolutely brutal. I mean, little kids saying swear words and, I mean, you know, planes flying overhead with, you know, those little signs behind it that, you know, say fire the head coach. I mean, they're oh, just – it's brutal, but NFL, um, hostile. I mean, they're pretty much everywhere is pretty hostile because fans in the NFL are pretty into it and they don't like the opposing fans. Um, the, the opposing players, I should say, but, um, what comes to mind is probably the 49ers. Cause we played them twice this year, both at, you know, at their stadium. Yep. And there are definitely some, some haters out in, uh, in the Bay area. 
And that's a, I mean, that's a classic NFL rivalry too, from the mid late nineties, there were some tremendous games between Green Bay and San Francisco. Agreed. And and you obviously think about who's in our, in our division and it's, you know, the bears lions and Vikings. And whenever you go play the bears, they always hate you. The Vikings hate you. I mean, the lions, um, you know, we haven't really, I haven't had a bad experience with them, but I mean, any, anyone in your division is going to be, is going to be brutal. That's right. That's right. Um, as a, a big NFL fan, that's like probably my biggest hobby. You know, the, the draft is right around the corner. It's going to be a little bit different this year, which is, mm-hmm. is going to be interesting, but to, to, you know, me as a fan and us fans, I think it signifies the start of the NFL season. There's a lot of unknowns with the off season, the mini camp and stuff like that. You know, for you personally, and I, I, I consider this like a level one leader, leadership of self challenge. Like for you personally, what are you going to uh, do, you know, over the next you know, chunk of weeks while it, it's really up in the air to make sure that you're the best Tim Boyle can be when, you know, the, the, the hat drops and things are ready to rock and roll? Yeah, and that's, that's the challenging part now because, you know, we had a start date of, you know, April 20th where we could all report back and everything is organized there and it's kind of, you know, spoon fed for you in terms of, you know, you have meetings and you have to be on the field at this point in time, but right now everything's up in the air. So I have to schedule that self for myself in, you know, Middlefield and Middletown and I have to kind of take care of that business, um, you know, and I have to try to throw to guys without, you know, being too close to the guy. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird balance right now. Um, but I definitely have a good plan. What I had an issue with my first off season was just that consistency of you feel like you have to do something else because you're in this pattern of doing, you know, these workouts and throwing and you feel like it's not enough. So you, you look for other answers and you kind of get lost in trying to solve this, you know, big issue. And you just, I don't know. So my big thing this year is just being consistent, just making sure that you're doing workouts five days a week that you're throwing, you're staying on top of the playbook that I'm making sure that um, I'm building those relationships with my players, with my teammates and not getting bogged down by that feeling of, Oh, you have to change this up. Um, Because like I said, we're going into a period right now where this could last a few months and I'm going to, I'm going to have to kind of self soothe here and, and throw and, you know, talk to coaches on zoom and it's going to be an interesting off season. And uh, it's, it's going to be challenging in terms of taking care of throwing because, you know, everyone's quarantined and I want to be able to throw the ball and stay sharp, but you know, how many guys can I actually, you know, get to go, you know, run routes for me. (laughs) Um, So that'll be challenging, but I, I have a, I have a decent plan for it, but yeah, just making sure you're, you're physically in shape um, and you're ready to go mentally because, you know, I talked to, I talked to uh, coach LaFleur a couple, couple days ago and I asked them, is this going to be a situation where, uh, you know, we get a phone call and, you know, they're telling us that we can come back into the facility and he's, he's probably said, yes. I mean, this is going to be one of those things where we get back to the facility and, you know, we're putting on a helmet, you know what That's I mean? Brand. So exactly. So we're not going to really have a whole lot of time to, because in the off season in the NFL, it's, you know, very gradual. It's, you know, on the field with nothing and then you have meetings and it's, it's very progressive, yep. but this could be a situation where, I mean, if this goes into June, July, August, and we get back and we're, we're throwing on pads and we're practicing and you can't, like I said, you can't be rusty. You can't give them an opportunity to want to get rid of you. So yep. I have to stay sharp and I have to, 
take care of business, which will be challenging, but I for sure am up for the challenge. That's right. Attaboy. Um, the NFL playbook is, uh, is like the Holy grail. It's very guarded. Um, mm-hmm. my father, Tony was a coach and, and Greg and I will have lunch with our parents, you know, not, not so much now, but you know, pretty regularly during the rest of the you know, normal lifetime. And, uh, we were laughing. He went, pulled out an old folder probably a month or so ago. And it had like, uh, maybe four or six pages with hand drawn. And it was like, you know, power six, power seven, and then power. but it was like eight plays, you know, was the playbook back then. And it was great. We had a laugh about it and I loved it. I love that old school style of football. Give the listeners, you know, I don't want you to tell any secrets, but the NFL playbook is not six pages. What are we, what are we talking here? (laughs) We're talking. So, so we, most NFL teams have actually gotten rid of the physical playbook and we have now an iPad that we get. So everything is on our iPad on, you know, these uh, PowerPoints and these, you know, it's, but yeah, just to put it in perspective, I mean, we have, um, you know, probably 400 pages of pass install with detailed notes on every single route, every single concept. I mean, it's very detail oriented. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's important in the NFL just because defenses are doing the same thing and it's yep. every, everything is schemed to win, but yeah, I mean, you, you have plays, um, that just drag on forever and they're so long. And I, I was, I was, like you said, I was on a, a zoom call with, uh, with your brother in the, in the Xavier quarterbacks. And I just, I told them a play just to see if they can understand it and kind of spit it back to me. And it just, it's practice. It's hard work. And it's, you know, I remember being in high school and and coach Jasket, your brother would tell me a long play and I'd be like, wait, what? Like say that again. (laughs) But now, right now to me, it's just a norm. Like you just have to memorize it. And if you don't, then you're next man up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a job that you have to do no matter what. Um, But at this point it's my job. It's what I love. It's my passion. So I want to do it. It's not like I'm, you know, not, not it's, it's not hard for me i want to do it you know what i mean yeah there's a, i mean to be there's a level of passion that there clearly is with you and and to to do it do something that's difficult it requires that level of passion and you know for again any aspiring athlete listening it's not show up on game day strap on the pads and go um it's you know football is great because it's five six days whatever of prep for the mm-hmm. one moment and um, you know, what you just described is a, a great example of the work ethic involved to succeed at it at any level. Yep. Yep. Last question. Uh, just what's a personal goal for you for this year? And what do you have as a team goal for the, the 2020 Green Bay Packers? Yeah, I think my, my goal is to is to remain the backup quarterback and to to get closer to Aaron from a, a trust standpoint for, you know, whenever I speak in the quarterback room, he trust what I'm saying. He respects what I'm saying just because I've done the work in advance, but I just want to be a valued member of the team. I want to help us win when it comes down to it. Um, like I said, I want, I want to remain the backup. I want to help Aaron get ready for games because that's, you know, that's the backup's job in the NFL. I'm, I'm pretty much his assistant and I'm breaking down film and, and seeing what I can see and trying to help him out. So that's definitely a personal goal is to um, stay the backup and, and do all those things. And I think a team goal is, um, like you said earlier, I mean, your, your season, your season ends in an ugly loss to the 49ers, just one game away from the Super Bowl, and you're so close and you taste it. I mean, it's, it's an addicting feeling. We want to get back there. You know, yeah. We want to get back to the, uh, the NFC championship and win that game and go to the Super Bowl and win that game. And we, 
we don't hang banners for, you know, winning division championships or conference championships. I mean, the end goal is to win the Super Bowl. And that's, that's the only team goal that we've ever had uh, with the Packers. Um, obviously, you know, doing that one, one week at a time and one game at a time is critical. And we, we break the season up and we make sure we're not looking at the big picture because, you know, that can be overwhelming at times. But it's a week-by-week process and it's a struggle and it's a grind. But, you know, the ultimate goal is to, is to win a Super Bowl. And uh, the fact that Aaron and a, and a few other select teammates have done that and they know the path, they know the struggle, they know the grind, um, they've kind of, you know, helped us along the way and told us, hey, it's a long season, guys. I mean, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be bumps and bruises. You're, we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to peak at the right time. And it's, there's a lot that goes into winning a Super Bowl. So well, we're definitely up for the challenge again this year. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, you've converted some Giants fans locally here to, to root for Packers good. on select That's Sundays. Like select Sundays, not all of them, right? <laughs> relax, relax over there, I love man. It. I love it. <laughs> well, Tim, you know, I really, really appreciate you coming on and, and taking some time and, um, you know, looking forward to watching and following along this year. And um, just, you know, from the, the handful of personal interactions and from what, you know, my brother and my, my parents say about you, just a tremendous young man doing doing the right things and, you know, any successes that you uh, experience over your career at the NFL level and, and outside of that are well-deserved to say the least and couldn't happen to a better guy. So, you know, wish you the absolute best of luck now, especially wishing you and your family nothing but health and happiness and just really appreciate you taking some time, Tim. Again, ladies and gentlemen, number eight, Green Bay Packers, Tim Boyle, local guy right here from Durham, going to do some great things with the Packers this year. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you. I appreciate those kind words. Same to you and your family. Thank you so much to our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. And always remember, great leadership looks, sounds, and feels different. However, there is a common thread that connects all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead, and they spend most of their time in their stretch zone. Not settling for that which is comfortable, because nothing exceptional was ever accomplished from comfort. Thank you.